are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Mariners. Before we hop into the show, let's talk about Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Monday, August 16th, 2021. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. I am your host, Ty Dan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patno. This is our second week hosting Locked On Mariners, so if this is your first time tuning in since the change, hello and welcome. We are going to be talking about the Mariners' unexpected but certainly welcome series win over the Toronto Blue Jays this past weekend. We're also going to talk about some concerning trends in Logan Gilbert's last few starts and then take a more positive route by looking at Baseball America's favorable ranking of the Mariners' farm system. But Colby, let's start things off with this past series. Obviously, Sunday's game was bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just say it outright. It was bad. Uh, and we're going to get into that more later on in the show. But the Mariners take the first two games of the series. The first being a walk-off walk by Jared Kelnick and a great celebration by Kelnick, if I do say so myself. And then, you know, and an offensive downpour from the Mariners on Saturday night, a game that you were at with Luis Torrens tallying five RBIs and Kelnick with perhaps his most impressive hit of his young career thus far as smooth opposite field solo shot to extend the M's lead in that one overall how surprised were you by the series and uh what stood out to you the most yeah it was it was quite surprising uh to see Seattle take two or three uh you know it, it was it's uh, the most surprising thing is that Seattle scored more than four runs in in one game actually in one inning let alone one game um, that's something that they've done exactly once in the last 12 games, I believe. Uh, and it was on Saturday. So yeah, right. the offense came alive for, for one game against an absolutely putrid, uh, blue Jays bullpen. I mean, how they didn't do more to address that. I, I, I don't know how they thought that was going to be okay, but it's not, it's not a good bullpen. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it was fun to see certainly, especially when you're at the stadium. Um, it was uh, surprising. It kind of came out of nowhere because before that, you know, Seattle had just gone down three to two in the top of the seventh, I believe it was. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like, okay, well, you know, you kind of need somebody to run into one and try and win this thing in extras because that's kind of how the Mariners offense has been. And uh, no, actually you didn't. Uh, well, I mean, you got it, but. Yeah, Terenz uh, calls ball game, and then, of course, Kelnick follows up with an absolute laser shot into the bullpen. Um, and, mm. uh, yeah, you know, it, it was it was fun to uh, drink from the keg of victory that was filled entirely by Blue Jay fans' tears. Um, they, there weren't a lot of them at, at T-Mobile on Saturday, uh, but for some reason I did not see anybody after the seventh inning. I, I don't know, maybe they had a, a, a ferry to catch or something, but... Yeah, it was, it was you know pretty much emptied out of the Blue Jay fans around the seventh inning. I, I don't I don't know why, but mm-hmm. there it was. Yeah, I mean you know uh, probably you know just uh, you know trying to hurry up, get home so they can tweet more about Jerry Kelnick or something. Um, <laughs> but 
you know, overall, you know, the the uh, the pitching was really strong for the Mariners in in, uh, in the first two games. Not you know fantastic starts by any means from Yusei Kikuchi or Chris Flexen. They were they were solid um, both, but definitely not at their A game. But uh, this bullpen able to really limit a great Blue Jays lineup. And, um, you know, and overall, even even with, you know, Flexen, who did give up quite a bit of hard contact in this one on Friday, um, when you limit this this kind of offense to just two runs in a game, you got to feel pretty good about that. So overall, um, really strong, strong outing from from the Mariners in both of these games. Uh, overall, what did you think about the pitching? Um, the bullpen was great. Mm-hmm. Starting pitching, not. Not too good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, final lines, with the exception of Gilbert, were fine. Uh, but, yeah, Flexen giving up a lot of hard contact, which isn't all that surprising. That's kind of what he does. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, he does what he does, and he, he gives you a chance to win. Uh, Kikuchi was uh, uh, a heart attack every single time he went out there. Uh, it was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really struggling with the strike zone at times. The velocity was down a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and you know it, there was a time when he uh, when he loaded the bases right. I think it was the second yeah. or third inning, uh, and there was one out, and it just looked like he was dead to rights. And then he comes back with like what two strikeouts or one strikeout and a flyout or something. I, yeah. I forget how that I, I think how that worked out, out, but I think he struck out Springer and then Simeon flew out to Haneker. I believe that's how that worked. Mm-hmm. And that kind of seemed like a trend for like this whole game, really, right. or for this whole series, really, was uh, Mariners pitches pitchers getting into trouble with less than two outs and being able to walk that tightrope and get out of these jams. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not something you want to be, you know, have a lot of experience at. Um, Kikuchi, however, is, is getting there. He did the same thing against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the final line at five five runs or five innings, one run in, in Yankee Stadium. And this time around, it's mm-hmm. four and two thirds and two runs, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that's that's not going to work. And, and, you know, this is this is kind of yeah. starting to become a trend for Kikuchi here in this last, you know, really the last since he was named an all star. Uh, it's been pretty hit or miss mm-hmm. with what you get from YK, and and that that option decision is looming, and it's it's fascinating to see what Seattle does because honestly, what looked like a no brainer in June, now is, you know, kind of a, you know, a fifty fifty proposition right now. So, uh, we'll see yeah, that's that an interesting case study, and and one we're probably going to be looking at quite a bit uh, on this show over you know the next few months leading mm-hmm. up into the off season uh, four walks on the night for, for, uh, for YK, which is not super like him. Um, you know, just five strikeouts. Uh, that ratio is definitely not uh, like uh, you say usually. Um, but yeah, that's going to happen against a lineup like this. If you're not on your a game, uh, this, this team draws out a long at bats. They're able to uh, capitalize on mistakes very easily and, I mean, you saw that on Sunday with Gilbert. Yep. I mean, it's it's probably the second best lineup in baseball, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it it's either Toronto or Houston. Maybe the Yankees are up there. Maybe the White Sox are up there. But it, it's like a legitimate. It, it rivals pretty much everybody, including the Dodgers and the uh, and the Padres, uh, in terms of just you know star power in that lineup. So. 
yeah, it's it's not one that you should um, basically you shouldn't be able to pitch as poorly as Kikuchi did and get away with it. What happened to Logan Gilbert on Sunday should have happened to Kikuchi on Saturday. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do have to give him some credit. He was able to make some big pitches. Um, yep. It's just, you know, you'd like to not be in that situation to begin with. But, uh, hey, you know, it's it's the Mariners don't have a, have an ace. So you're going to have to grit and grind through a lot of these starts. And in uh, Seattle, you know, for the most part, they've been able to do it. So. Um. Yeah, like I said, I, I wouldn't say the the starting pitching was really good this this series, um, but it was good mm-hmm. enough to win two of three. And, and the bullpen without Paul Seawald, by the way, uh, was was just yeah. nails. So that that was really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up, should the Mariners skip Logan Gilbert's next start? But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Stat Hero. Did you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? I mean, the game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you do. You don't stand a chance, but that's not the case with Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup where you name your stakes and winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. I got into DFS during the NBA bubble last year and seeing my lineup get lost on the thousands and thousands of other submissions is pretty disheartening. But with Stat Hero, you are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. That's right, they're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. This is Locked On Mariners. Be sure to tune in to tomorrow's show as we preview the Mariners' second trip to Arlington, Texas in a month's time. But now let's get into Logan Gilbert, who had a dreadful start in the final game of this Blue Jays series. And you can kind of see this coming. The fastball usage had continued to trend upwards at an alarming rate over his last few starts. And as a result, hardly any off-speed stuff coming from Gilbert. He was mostly a one-pitch pitcher. Yesterday afternoon of the 88 pitches he threw, 56 were fastballs. That's 63.6% of the time. In terms of a secondary, he mostly relied on his slider, which wasn't very good. And he only threw three changeups. That's just not going to be a winning formula against this Blue Jays lineup, nor most lineups, really. So, Colby, you know, what is your level of concern right now with Gilbert? And do you think the Mariners should either skip his next start or send him down to AAA or just ride this one out? Yeah, it's it's kind of a tough spot. Um, you know, it's interesting. You read off the the pitch usage from Gilbert. That actually is is down significantly from where he was in the first two innings. Mm-hmm. I think he was at eighty yeah. percent fastball after the first two. Seventy four. Yeah, so, seventy four. So yeah, so he started to throw the slider a lot more uh, in the third and the mm-hmm. fourth, but. It, it wasn't good. I mean, he, he only was able to get two whiffs on it on 13 swings. Um, and he only got one called strike on it. So of 26 or sorry, of 23 sliders, he only got a strike, a swinging strike or a called strike on three of them. That's, that's yeah. not going to fly. So, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty clear that Gilbert's just not comfortable with the slider or the changeup right now. We haven't really seen the changeup at all the last month, and every time we do, it it ends up you know halfway through the right-handed batter's box. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a concerning trend now. This is four or five times in a row. Um, 
where it's just, you know, pounding the fastball, pounding the fastball. And, and he's got a pretty good one, but it's not, I mean, nobody in baseball can, can survive with just a fastball. So, um, he's got to figure something out and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. He's at, I think 80 innings right now, right around that mark. And we have to remember mm-hmm. he didn't throw any innings last year. Um, you know, he threw in the yeah. alternate training site, but no in game innings last year. So yeah, you know, you kind of start to wonder, Hey, is, is this, I, is this, you know, are we heading towards a shutdown early uh, at the end of this month? Yeah. Are we, are we, you know, is it time to skip a start or two and, and have him back in September? Is it time to maybe use him out of the bullpen um, and kind of strengthen your bullpen that way? Because the, the fastball stuff will play for an inning or two. Um, but eventually you need that other pitch. So yeah, you're just kind of stuck in no man's land though, because if you send down Logan Gilbert, who replaces him? Right. Sheffield has yeah, been awful. Good. And he got mm-hmm. lit up in, in his first rehab start. Dunn hasn't gotten back on the mound yet in a game. Um, you know, and, and so what you're looking at, Darren McCacken again. You're Ian pro- McKinney. Yeah, I mean, you're probably better off going Robert with Duggar. You're probably going off with Gil- staying with Gilbert over uh, McCacken and, and, and Duggar in the bullpen days. Um, so really, it's, it's a simple question. Do you want Ian McKinney or do you want Logan Gilbert? Who do you think gives you a better shot to win? Because that's really your only realistic option, unless there's a starter out there who gets you know released or DFA that Seattle picks up. So, yeah, it's you're you're kind of in a tightrope because you're still technically in the playoff chase, and Gilbert is you know one of your five best starters, but also you have to think about the long term uh, you know effects of, of Gilbert, and you don't want to overextend him in year one. Uh, so yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're just kind of walking this really tight you know tightrope and. and it, it speaks to why, you know, uh, Jerry DePoto, even after he acquired Tyler Anderson, was still very much involved in the starting pitching market. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, it just it didn't work out. So, yeah, Seattle's kind of trying to, to walk a little bit of a tightrope here. And uh, it's it's not a, it's not going to be an easy decision. In retrospect, and of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but. Do you think it was a mistake not getting a second starter of any kind at the deadline? Um, I mean, would it have been better if they did? Yeah, uh, but you saw the prices, uh, so it, it's it's tough, you know. I but we've we've talked we had talked about you know guys like Jacob Junis, right? Like guys sure, that probably but, wouldn't cost that much, you know. Right, but again, we don't we don't understand, you know. I mean. The Royals were asking for sure. Jared Kelnick for Whit Merrifield. So who the hell knows True. what what they were asking for for Junis or Mike Miner or, or anybody like that. So yeah, they just weren't mm-hmm. a, they just weren't a ton of motivated sellers. And when you kind of start looking at like the the four A type of guys or whatever, you, like Jared Eikhoff, like ugh, you know. So it, it's it's tough, man. It was it was tough, and the prices were bad. So yeah, I mean, obviously you would want one. Um, and you know it, it is worth noting that technically Jerry can still trade for somebody. Uh, the guy has to not be on the forty-man roster, and he can't have played in the majors this year. And you can acquire that guy. So is there a four-A pitcher on the the Diamondbacks AAA team or whatever? You know what I mean? That Jerry can trade for? Maybe, but we'll have to see. So uh, yeah, ideally you would have gotten another starter, but. You look at the prices and, and what was actually available or what we think was available. It's kind of easy to sure. see why they couldn't make that happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you need to see from Gilbert this offseason? 
um, now that you've gotten, you know, roughly 80 innings of, of eyes on him, uh, what's, what's got to be the game plan here for him? It's got to be about consistency. Um, and it's got to be about having an off speed pitch that you can throw for a strike on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. And this is the thing, you know, that like the change up and the slider when they're on, they're good enough to get swings and misses outside of the zone, but you have to at least threaten that you can throw for a strike. Otherwise hitters will just spit on it and they'll just wait for the fastball that they know is coming. Right. So he has to get mm -hmm. the slider or the change up figured out to a point where he can throw it consistently for strikes, at least as off, at least as much as he can throw his fastball for a strike. That's, that's number one. Um, you know, the number two is, is refining mechanics to make sure that he's not spiking the, the, the slider. Uh, he's not overthrowing that pitch, which is, I think something we're seeing right now. Um, and you know, the third thing he might need is he might need to learn another pitch, um, just in case the slider and the changeup go away from him. And honestly, you know, the slider's pretty good. I, I wonder if maybe he can learn a cutter. I feel like with the elite extension that, that Gilbert has and the fact that he already has a slider, you know, it does make mm -hmm. me wonder if this is a guy who could learn a cutter and, you know, the cutter yep. is, if the fastball is 95, 96 and the cutter is 92, you know, it's, it's different enough from the fastball that it at least gives him a second pitch on a day like yesterday mm -hmm. where he just, he didn't have one. So, um, I, I think adding the cutter is something that's pretty simple. Um, it's pretty easy to teach. Uh, you can, you know, pretty much pick it up in one off season, which is what he'll have. Um, and you know, you don't replace the slider with the cutter or anything like that. But again, it's just about having something in your back pocket, right. That you can use like kind of like Chris Flex right. and his curveball. Um, you know, just something that I could put in my back pocket and pull out when I really need it. Like when we saw you mm -hmm. change up a few starts ago and it was just, you know, an amazing pitch out of nowhere. He had it that day. Right. And it's just a, something that he can add. So yeah, I, I feel like again, first and foremost, it's all about getting the off-speed pitch that he can threaten the strike zone with. That's what he needs. And it, it's it's not like he needs that to take the next step. He needs that to be a viable Major League starter. So uh, we'll see what he can do. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, one thing we know about Gilbert is, is that he works extremely hard. He's very into analytics. Uh, he's a very, you know, heavy-minded pitcher. He really thinks thing, thinks these things through. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, he's going to put in the work this this winter. There's no doubt about that. All right, well, Logan Gilbert, you know, we talked about it, you know, round 80 innings, so he's graduated from his prospect status along with Jared Kelnick, but the Mariners' farm system may be in the best place it's been since the start of this rebuild back in 2018. We're going to be talking about why in a moment, but let me tell you about Built Bar real quick. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mixed boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low numbers of 130 to 180. They only have four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs, and all the flavors are amazing, tasty, and most importantly, healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. 
This episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts this is locked on mariners and colby some pretty cool news came out today you know obviously you and i are both not super into prospect rankings we do do our own on patreon.com forward slash control the zone by the way nice little plug there um but, you know, it's always nice to see this farm system get some recognition. And today, you know, Baseball America over the last few weeks had been uh, revealing, you know, some of their their prospect rankings. But they officially ranked the each organization's farm system and the Mariners, surprisingly, come in at the top. They have five Mariners in their top 50. Uh, Julio Rodriguez at number two. Noel V. Marte at number eight. George Kirby at number 11. Emerson Hancock. Also comes in at number 50. Sorry, so so there's four, rather, um, in their top 50. They did have Jerry Kelnick in their, in their top 10 as well before he graduated. Uh, but are you surprised that this team came out ahead of, or this organization, rather, came out ahead of organizations like the Rays? I mean, the, to me, even with the loss of Wander Franco, I would personally probably still lean towards the Rays here, but Baseball America would know. <laughs> they would know better than you or I. Uh, but what do you, what do you think this uh, about this, and um, what does this say about you know the work that Jerry DePoto and Andy McKay and, and company have done with this organization over the last two and a half years, three years? Right. Well, first and foremost, it is cool, right, to, to have the Mariners as right. the best farm system in baseball, according to really any outlet, to have them at number one. After, you know, watching in 2018 where some fans were like, oh, you traded Tommy Romero like like that. That might not work out for you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's cool to, to back when trading Seth Elledge for uh, Sam Tui Valala yeah. felt like the world was going to end. That, that was like your your ninth <laughs> best prospect was was Seth Elledge. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool that they've come so far in such a short distance, but also doesn't really mean anything right i mean it's not a guarantee of success it's right. it's not you know it, it the padres had a highly ranked farm system for years before they even mm-hmm. came close to scratching the surface and that was largely i mean that, that that was after they spent outrageous amounts of money on manny machado and eric hosmer you know so um it, t- it takes a while you know to, to get these guys through so yeah it doesn't ultimately mean anything and it's all just opinion and and it's not you know so whether they're one or three or five or seven, it really doesn't make a difference. It really does. I mean, when is the last time the the St. Louis Cardinals had a super high farm system ranks? I don't think they ever have, as long as I've been paying attention. And they're consistently good. So it's all about development. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, but in terms of, you know, what does it say? It says Jerry has hired a team that is excellent at what they do and therefore by extension – Jerry deserves praise for this. Uh, Andy McKay and his uh-huh. group are developing. The minor league staff 
is, you know, they're really good at developing these guys. The scouts are really good at finding these guys. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really cool organizational, uh, win. It's a win for the baseball ops department. Uh, it's, you know, something that mm-hmm. is, is insanely fun and cool to think about. And it's easy to dream about and it's easy to brag about, but ultimately it, it all comes mm-hmm. down to how do these guys perform at the big leagues? Some of these guys were years away from finding out, but yeah, you know, like, would I rather have Tampa system? Probably. Um, but you know, if, if you want Tampa, if you want Tampa, if you want probably not San Diego anymore, um, uh, Pittsburgh's got a pretty good system right now. Detroit, like, Mm-hmm. If you want one of those systems over Seattle, that's fine. Like it's it's not it's not a huge difference right. to me, but it's just fascinating to me that that Seattle can graduate, you know, a top ten prospect. They can graduate another top, I don't know, fifty prospect. I don't remember quite where Gilbert was ranked. And they can graduate, you know, Taylor mm-hmm. Trammell, who's a fringe top one hundred guy, and Cal Raleigh, who's probably a top one fifty guy. Um, and they can still be, you know. It, their farm system might be better than ever, you know? So it, it's, it's a crazy cool accomplishment, but in terms of what it does on the field at the major league level, not a thing yet, but, uh, yeah, but this winter, you know, we'll see what the, what that hype can buy you, uh, on the trade market. So, right. uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's cool. That's- and it just doesn't have quite as much value to the big league team right now as, you know, some might be thinking sure. it does. Sure. Um, you know, that's a great point about the trade market and, and and what can this buy you, right? Because you've seen with teams that have had the, you know, consensus top one, top three farm system in baseball go out and be a, a you know, a big spender in the trade market. Most recently, the Padres, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, we'll see what they do with that. You know, from a development side and from a, you know, scouting side of things, though, this is, um, well-deserved, right? We've seen this for a long time, actually, you know, covering the team, being involved in the team. And now from a national, you know, perspective, they're being recognized. And that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, this is the opinions of of guys that have to look at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prospects from all 30 organizations. So, you know, sometimes those opinions can be skewed. Sometimes those opinions rely on other people's opinions. And, you know, how does that all translate? So, you know, ultimately, you as a consumer of that just kind of have to look at it for what it is. And that's it might be a little inconsistent, but it still makes this um, recognition cool in itself. And, um, you know, you've seen it with this uh, development uh, team, what they've been able to do to raise the ceilings of a lot of their prospects. I mean, you look at Matt Brash, mm-hmm. right, this year. Matt Brash has come out of nowhere and now. You know, we were asked on our live stream on Friday if we would put him ahead of Brandon Williamson. And you and I both agree now that Matt Brash is probably ahead of Brandon Williamson and pro- in, in our prospect ranks. That's I mean, that was a guy that started the season, I think, with our prospect ranks in the 30s. In the 30 to like late 20 mm-hmm. range, like that's pretty incredible and he was widely regarded just as a reliever and now you look at him and he's got three legit pitches yeah. <laughs> and is probably going to be a starter i mean that's what they've been able to do with that and they got him for taylor williams of all people too <laughs> like that's just uh um, trade yeah you know, and the then trade partner that just keeps on giving and giving i mean i don't know <laughs> 
Yeah, speaking of the Padres. Yeah, I, I don't know who, <laughs> who deserves a bigger stake dinner in Seattle, Brody Van Wagenen or, or A.J. Preller. But, uh, oh, boy, Jerry whooped up on them pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and so, you know, you look at guys like Brash. You look at guys like Noel V. Marte, mm-hmm. who when they signed, you know, uh, in the international signing period a few years ago was, you know, he, he certainly had the potential to be one of the top prospects in this farm system, but you could never know that he you know, without even leaving low A was going to be a top 10 prospect in major league baseball. Um, mm. You know, just the, he was, I, I feel know, like, he, I mean, there was the tra- the trajectory was certainly there, but like the, the, I, I feel like somebody very smart said on a certain podcast that by the end of the year, Marte was going to be top 25. I mean, so some of us were pretty close. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I think before I, I think before the year, no, you, we, you and I both were in agreement, especially after seeing the the build that he came in at last year mm-hmm. in summer camp and all that. You know, just how advanced physically he was. But yeah, when he was signed, though, I don't think anyone can predict this, right? right? You know, I, I don't think a lot of people can predict where a lot of these guys are now. You know, maybe the, you know, maybe folks that have more of an eye on the situation that you know, like the Joe Doyles and the J- Jason Churchills of the world. Maybe they were able to foresee this a little bit for some of these guys, but overall, you know, just what they've been able to do for a lot of these prospects and the ceilings that they've raised is incredible. And they deserve all the recognition that they're getting right now. 100%. Yeah. So I, um, I'm really excited about this. I'm really happy for them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they are, are finally getting their due. Uh, they absolutely deserve it. Um, and you know, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out because like you said, this doesn't equate to any on field success right now at the major league level. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks, you know, they, they look at these rankings and they think, well, these top 10 guys are going to make up our superstars for the next seven years. And that's not going to be the case. A lot of these guys are going to be trade chips. A lot of these guys are unfortunately going to bust, even with the ceilings that have been raised and the potential that you have there. Some of these guys are naturally going to bust. Some of these guys are going to struggle. I mean, everyone, you know, a lot of people felt like Jared Kelnick was going to come up and be a superstar. And, and you know, the more realistically, the, you know, the, the, the more realistic outcome happened, right? He struggled. These things happen. And, you know, like with Kelnick, he's started to figure it out a little bit and guys will eventually figure it out. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do see a lot of um, talk about, you know, when, when looking at, Julio Rodriguez or you know what have you and people projecting out their 2022 2023 Mariners lineups and I get it's fun but you know a lot of those include you know Julio just as a foregone conclusion that Julio is going to be a rookie of the year all-star type right out of the gate and it's that's usually not the case I mean the likes of Juan Soto the likes of Ronald Acuna etc the guys that pop off right away are the exception they're not the rule so we'll see but I I think this is um a really cool moment for, for the Mariners organization and for, for Jerry DePoto and Andy McKay specifically. Um, so yeah, so that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, appreciate you tuning in and joining us for some baseball talk. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a preview of the Mariners Rangers series starting tomorrow night. The Mariners getting an off day tonight. So uh, feel free to keep the Seattle sports vibes going. However, by checking out locked on Seahawks, as Corbin Smith, Rob Rang, and Nick Lee recap all the action from Saturday's preseason opener.
between the Seahawks and the Raiders. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez, and this has been Locked On Mariners. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.